0: I'm Ted Baker. This is the Hobart Lacrosse Podcast, episode 58, a little time off between the Dartmouth game at the Poole Family Sports Dome and a trip to USA Lacrosse headquarters in Sparks, Maryland for a matchup against Providence College on Saturday. Welcome the head coach of the Statesman, Greg Raymond. Welcome back.
1: Hey, Ted. Good to be back. Thanks, buddy.
0: So before we talk about the Dartmouth game and look ahead, uh, we said after that game, you know, time to just take a deep breath. We're 3-3. Three and three. It doesn't really matter how you get there the important games and the five that are really important are still ahead. So what's been the message and the focus during this time off?
1: Uh there's been a couple. You know, I think Ted, we we certainly want to correct those uh those mistakes made in that game specifically. I think we can, you know, uh, from from a, a next step from a mature standpoint, we we have to make sure we look at these games as singular games. And that, you know, there there are some things that are carrying it from one contest to the next that we we're, we're fighting hard to make sure that we um we rectify or that we pay attention to uh, however you want to however you want to phrase it but um we we are in a scenario at this level where you do have to treat each game differently and uh, you got to make sure that um you recognize what a a next opponent we'll see in a previous game or previous games so you know we want to make sure that we we are paying attention to uh the fact that we keep going up by a bunch of goals and and we keep letting teams back and what are the ways we think that's happening and and they are similar but but a little bit different game to game you know i think we're um we're we're doing a pretty good job uh, our guys anyway of Show, showing great resilience and and also gaining momentum and kind of callous minds and callous bodies as we go through this thing like you said we want to be in in great playing form uh for our atlantic 10 games and um but at the same time ted you know we're we we do not want to lose the dartmouth we don't want to lose the lehigh we don't want to lose the cornell we want those to be victories so um there's a there's a there's a catch 22 there yes we want we want to make sure our guys know that losing is never okay here and um and it never will be at least not while i'm the head coach so but um but going forward you still got to translate that message into look look at the gains we're making look at the play, the look at the good we're doing um and look at how easy it is to correct these mistakes these aren't these aren't lack of athleticism mistakes these aren't they're better than us mistakes these are these are mental focus um discipline uh you you name it um but fixable so you know we uh we're, we're upset at that game ted and and we're upset at the way uh we allowed an opponent to dictate some pace and and um allowed an opponent to get some easy scoring opportunities and and not play full field defense but we are Pleased that how our offense can respond. We're pleased that how, you know, our guys come to a huddle and we're down however many goals in the fourth, and they quickly bring it back to one. You know, that we're so we've got uh we've got things that we we really love about this group. Um, mainly the culture, the leadership, the people that are a part of it. They're a pleasure to coach, you know, unless <laughs> unless we're up seven goals, then they're a pain in the butt. But you know, but besides that. We tell them every day, you know. We give them challenges, and they don't bat an eye. So there's uh, there's there's fixable messages, but there's also look at the look at the gains we're making, and and look at the endurance we're developing.
0: I'm a big stat geek, so I'm always keeping track of runs and how big the lead was, and all that kind of thing. And I said after the Dartmouth game, maybe I do that too much. I at the end of the day, does it matter that you were ahead seven to one and lost, or is it just twenty to sixteen?
1: Uh, Yeah, I think it's 20 to 16. I think it's the fact that, however, they score 20 goals, they score 20 goals. It's way too many, you know? So, um, you know, and the dome breeds that up and down game. You know that, Ted. It's, it's, those are high scoring affairs every time we've been in there for us, for our opponent, you know, for, uh, so, um, you know, we do, we do recognize a, a small element of that, but, you know, a loss is a loss. How, how you, how you lost is, um, uh, a more important factor than than hey we're winning by a lot. Uh, how could we blow this lead? I mean, you know, we certainly speak about that, and and we talk about the ways that this these leads go away. But you know, we also look at um, uh, how you can win a game when you're in a fourth quarter and you're down one, and you know that that's a that's a whole new experience. It's a whole new game at that point. You get to that point and it's it's 15-14 and you go, okay, here's where we need to figure out um, how to get stops, how to make saves, how to clear the ball the first time. We haven't done a great job of it up until this point, you know, or at least from the the middle of the second quarter on, but now we have to pin our ears back and go. And in that failure, you know, that's where the loss comes, you know, however you get to that end moment. And I think the biggest thing we're struggling with, Ted, is as a coaching staff and a team is that we're playing poor late in games. And or we're 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 playing our best lacrosse early in a game and our worst lacrosse late in the game, specifically on a couple sides of the ball, in that case, defensively. So, um, you know, we look at it as we lost and we gave up too many goals, not that we were up by a ton and we gave up too many goals. We uh, we just we feel like if we're going to win games we're we're going we're going to figure out a way to stop teams from scoring.
0: I know that offense and defense go together, so it's not you know and one side of the ball doesn't point fingers at the other, but defensively, you're giving up 15 a game, uh, near the bottom in the country after 6 games. What do you do moving forward to give up a lot fewer goals?
1: Um first uh we recognize how possessing the ball helps in those in those scenarios playing less defense what are the ways we gain more possessions you know Ted another the, the if you're a statistics guy looking at it you know the the ground ball battle is not in our favor right now and um that's a, a as troubling of a statistic as as we see so if we're going to um, get more stops, we're going to recognize how more possessions in our end helped that. And, uh, you know, second, we're going to give our goaltender better shots to save. Uh, and he's also going to start saving more. You know, I think, um, you know, you look at the landscape across the country here. You, Ted, back in the day, even 10 years ago, you know, when I first started here, a 12-15 a save game was a great game. You know, it, it just was. It was, look at our goalie came to play today. You know, even ten saves sometimes was like, wow, yeah, good, good game. Now, if you don't get fifteen, you're in trouble. It's 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 just the bummer, but that's the way it goes. You know, there's there's more shots generated, there's more offense generated. There's so um, we need to we need to figure out a way to give that goalie better shots and make sure he's he's making more saves throughout the course of a game. But you know, also Ted, the full field defense, we need to prevent transition opportunities. You know we're doing a great job. We play two way players offensively, but we're not reflecting a ton on how how important they are defensively and how important our 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 offensive personnel is in a ride. How much they can slow down the transition of the ball and give an offense less time with a ball on a, with with shot clock, uh, with time on a shot clock. Excuse me. Um, but we we have to prevent. You know, you look at Robert Morris; they get six goals, or sorry, six scoring opportunities and four goals just from the face-off, pushing the ball from the face-off X. And then you look at the Dartmouth scenario, um, you're giving up a bunch End to end, where they get behind us in a ride, um, where you know we're not checked up from the inside out from a transition standpoint. Um, just some scramble goals, where you know we're um, we're, we're we're again uh, failing to match up, failing to uh, to play early defense as well as we play early offense. So um, the biggest thing we've told our team is we have to eliminate the end to end stuff. We got to take away easy opportunities and give our defensive goalie a better chance in the half field.
0: And I think it 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 works in both directions. It just it seems to me after six games that you're a much better team settled six on six than you are in a running game, both offensively and defensively.
1: Uh yeah, you know, and I think it depends on the team. You know, it depends on the goaltender you're playing against, but well, we agree, you know, I think the, but we want to be able to capitalize on all the work we've put in Ted, you know, we want to be able to capitalize on how many times we've put Chad Bach in defensive scenarios and Brad Simas and John Jude and Bobby and, and Jack Grooms. And, you know, we we've changed, we've changed Jack's position so that we can play two-way ball. And, um, and we're not foolish coaches. We're not going to keep going down a path that's unsuccessful, but we do think that these these players, these two way players, specifically our long stick courses too. Our long stick courses have to play uh, a much a much higher brandle lacrosse, a much better brandle lacrosse. Um, but you know, I think if we're going to just forego uh, work since September in terms of how effective we can be in our transition game, and I'm not just talking playing, taking fast opportunities offensively, Ted. I'm talking about transitioning into certain ends of the field. We work on it all the time. And, you know, the biggest thing we take away from that Dartmouth game is, you know, we're full of crap. We talk about, uh, next play mentalities. We talk about underdog mentalities. We talk about discipline right over easy. I mean, these are core values and we don't execute those on game day. You know, in practice, we do a great job in game day. We lose focus and sight of the things that are supposed to be most important to us. And we want to be a better transitional team than our opponent. And on Tuesday, last Tuesday, we just weren't. So, you know, I think the uh the the half-field stuff is um someplace where we know we can we can do a great job, but we still gotta get to that point. We've got to get to that point faster and better than our opponent, being able to make great decisions in in a riding game and a uh in an up and out game making sure we're ready to crash into the hole and find the right times to sub and then also the smooth transitions in our offensive end so when we say fast play to our guys you know we don't mean hey let's run and gun and shoot you know that's not what we're talking about or you know let's just forego the defensive end so we can score more goals that's never who we've been but unfortunately it kind of looks like we're playing that way so we need to adhere to our identity traits more than we're just going to say, hey, let's change the way that we play completely. Um, We're not there yet, and uh, I'm not going to allow us to get there. What we're going to do is make sure we perform on game day with an underdog mentality, make sure that we have disciplined decision-making, and we do the right thing over the easy thing, and to make sure that we are a next play team, not just mentally and emotionally, but from an execution standpoint, we need to execute the next play much better. And if we do that, I think we'll be able to uh, continue to play with these two-way players and continue to get up and down a little bit and use some legs and depth, and and uh, we're going to keep pushing that hard to make sure that our guys can encompass this system the way that we want them to.
0: You mentioned Chad Bach. He had a huge game. He took seven shots, six of them on target, all six in the goal. And he's a guy, he reminds me a little bit of of like a Taylor Vanderbeek. I always said his idea of a dodge was to run over his man and step on his face.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's a name we haven't talked about in a while, man. Uh, Beak was was a, a bull of a player, you know, I think, um, Chad is, uh, exceptional at what he does that, uh, you know, we're, we hold him to a very high standard and we actually use him in all different ways. He's, um, wings of face He plays great defense for us. He's on our man down clear. Um, he clears the ball the best out of anybody we have. Um, and he, uh, he's an offensive initiator and an offensive finisher. You know, he initiates our offense so well, cause Teddy or Teddy's just, um, He's just very fast and and he doesn't really look like it. It's uh it's kind of deceptive, but he just runs fluidly and um so um we're going to need him to stay healthy. We're going to need him keep doing his two-way thing. He is uh he's 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 uh, performing great at what he does.
0: One of the things you hope for when you have an extended period off is some guys to get healthy. Uh, anybody uh fit that bill? We're going to see anybody back that hasn't been out any or much this year.
1: Uh unfortunately no you know we did we we did rest a ton and and um we're pretty smart about the volume that we provided our guys last week and you know got back into a routine this week but the uh, um a couple of guys have been out or you know it's not so much a rest thing as much as it is a protocol thing and and a symptom thing so um you know there's there's unfortunately a pretty strict step-by-step process for a lot of these guys that are out and 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 some of the um some of the bumps and bruises that we're facing um ha- have popped up inexplainably Ted it's it's you know it's not something where right you, you know they've rested too much or they've rested too little just all of a sudden the the young man walks into the training room the next day and goes hey this is how I feel and I'm not sure why so just the um, the landscape of a season, man. Certainly, some guys have rested. There's no doubt about that, and um, and uh, the guys that that are on the field uh, will be a little bit more rested for Saturday. So we're just and we're just going to keep fighting to get the guys that are banged up back on the field.
0: How's Adam Shea? We hold our breath every time he comes off late in that game, uh, limping again. On he's been playing on probably two not very good wheels all year.
1: Yeah, that's another thing where we're we're trying to figure out the balance of rest and hard work for him, just because. You know, he he's he's a tough enough young man where when game day rolls around, he's going to do whatever it takes to to help his team get a victory. Um, But, you know, there's also an element to that of if if. You know, you're you can't practice too much throughout the course of a week, or or consistently, or get your heart rate to that volume. Is it the right thing to put you on the field a ton? So, you know, the the hem and haw there with some of these guys, it, it it's an exhausting thing, you know, for them and, and for us, and for for Steph, who's doing a great job as a you know our head of sports medicine here. So, um, he's in that same boat as a couple other guys. Let's uh, you know, keep fighting through the week and, and see how you feel on Saturday.
0: So you have a doubleheader situation now with the Herons. At USA Lacrosse headquarters, Sparks, Maryland, just north of Baltimore this Saturday. It's now the Herons game at noon and the statesman game at three. How did that trip to Sparks come about?
1: Um, well, the uh the guy that works for Corrigan Sports and, and helps with all the Under Armour games, he, he, you know, we we've typically at Hobart hosted the upstate Under Armour tryout every summer and um, so we've we've grown an affiliation with them a bit, and and uh, nothing crazy or concrete. It's just been cordial, and we've provided a facility, and and uh, also the guy that's in charge of this thing or or our liaison is is uh, a Hopkins grad, and and the uh, the two coaches of both of these teams are both Hopkins grads. And so, uh, you know, Bobby Benson for Providence is a guy I was a captain with at Hopkins and and uh, is a very close friend and a good buddy. But um, And I think that had a little bit to do with it. And, uh, you know, I think also at this point in the year, with the exception of the Big East and the Atlantic 10, there aren't too many, Ted, that aren't all the way in conference play or in their first week of conference play. So, you know, this is a, a great opportunity for an A 10 and a big East team to have a contest and, and full transparency. I'm not entirely sure how our Herons got involved. I think maybe, uh, because we were going, they thought it'd be a great idea. And I know, Anne and the Herons have, uh, have been battling with Salisbury the last couple of years, or, or maybe just last year. I'm not sure. So, uh, you know, a great neutral site and a great neutral event for them as well. But, um, we're excited, Ted. It, it, you know, I, I feel like it's going to be a pretty good crowd. I think the weather should be decent, and um, we're going to have a decent amount of alums down there, and they're going to make a uh, a pretty good event for um, – I think, for two teams that, that are in a pretty good place with each other. So um, we're excited to get down there and see how it looks.
0: Well, you answered my next question. I was going to ask you if Bobby Benson was your teammate, and he was at Hopkins, first-year head coach of Providence. And he brought along Casey Broderson as his top assistant, who spent 12 years as Bri- at Bryant. Is that an indication of what style they want to play?
1: Uh, a little bit. You know, I think um, – I got tremendous respect for Casey as well. You know, we've we've had enough battles with Bryant to know what he's capable of. But um, there's uh, it's kind of a mix, you know. You got Bobby that comes from uh, Hopkins in Maryland, which you know is kind of your you know they don't pack it in and and stay unaggressive. They're very aggressive and physical. But it is a supporting style defense, and and um, you know Bryant typically wasn't like that. You know, Bryant was a uh, you, you got to beat us in in order for us to slide anywhere. And so, um, you know, I think Casey brings a little bit of that mentality, but that might have been a little bit more Mike Pressler's gig. And 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 Bobby adds his kind of experience and and unique blend to this thing. So, what we see is is a good defense. We do we see a good defense and a great goaltender um, that are capable of. You know, being physical on the ball, supporting the ball, and, and also also making you beat them. So, um, you know, in one year, we just feel like the the combination of the two is, have done a pretty good job at
0: Providence. Providence is 4-3, and three, coming off a one-goal overtime win against Stony Brook. And it, it's an interesting team. They do some things terribly near the bottom of the country, and they do some other things very well near the top of the country. They don't face off well, but as you said, they're great in goal. Uh, they shoot very accurately. So what do you make of Providence?
1: Uh, that, I mean, you hit, you hit it on the head, brother. They, they depend a lot on their goaltender. We don't see many weaknesses in him. We're going to have to shoot the ball well. And, um, and they also possess the ball well offensively because they know who they are at the faceoff X. So, you know, they've, um, grinded out some low scoring wins and it's the way they know they have to play. I think they, they, they have a great player in number 15, Nick Bell, um, and a couple great counterparts. You know, um, Shabra 12 is an outstandingly athletic midfielder, uh, number 18, who's another McDonough product. I think probably, you know, Bobby being a McDonough guy and a a left-handed off-ball finisher probably relates very well to number 18 for Providence. So, um, you know, I think regardless of sounding like a crazy coaching cliche, I think they do a really good job of knowing who they are. And, you know, when they clear the ball effectively and get it in the offensive end, they play good half field disciplined offense, you know, and they, um, so unfortunately a lot like Dartmouth, you know, and you know, what Dartmouth had is, you know, much different at a face-off perspective. You know, that guy was terrific, but, um, You know, they uh, they'll they'll keep the ball behind the goal. They'll big little you a bunch. They'll uh, they'll run a bunch of different offensive sets and they're very deliberate. Guys know where to be and when. So they have some set plays. They have some free motion plays. And um, so typical Bobby Benson offense, just a lot to look at. So I think they're trusting their guy to save the ball, Ted, uh, and to clear the ball the first time. And then they want to keep it in their offensive end as long as they can.
0: As we get closer to the league schedule, obviously we we know a couple of the A10 teams from past meetings. So what do you make of the other A10 teams?
1: Uh week to week again. Division 1 lacrosse, man, it's it's uh it gets crazier and crazier every year. You know, you you get in uh you know last Saturday after our practice, we come in, we check scores and every week we go, "Wow, look at that." Yeah. Or you know, Navy Colgate, wow. Yeah, I can't believe that. And um, how did this happen? You look at Canisius and and St. Bonaventure and Canisius blows them out. And then, you know, Richmond is, you know, in a one goal game with Georgetown and high points in a, uh, you know, an overtime game, one goal game with Robert Morris. And, and um, you know, St. Joe's loses to Drexel. And it's, it's uh, I mean, who can endure, man? That's it. Like I keep saying, broken record. Who's going to get through some mid-season injuries? Who's going to hit this downslope and and take some momentum and go you know we talked to um our guys you know I, I had a conversation with a couple other coaches you know who call want to know about some of the teams that we play some cross cross-reference opponents and everybody's having their issues man and everybody's having their successes you know you talked to i talked to a coach last week of arguably the best team in the country and he's asking what you know what do you think of them and what do you think of this and yada yada and he's telling me stories about their group and 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 how they're losing focus in midterm week. And, you know, they've had some up and downs and they've played well, they've played poorly. They've faced off well, they've faced off poorly. Sometimes their goalie's hot, sometimes he's not. Yada, yada, yada. You know, so our guys need to know that we ain't special. You know, it's not like we're we're, we're the only program that has a bump that plays poorly, you know, on a Tuesday against Dartmouth. We're not the only group that, has to endure failures and successes. You know, so that that's the that's the biggest thing about the A10. It's like when you get there, how ready are you? You know, what have you learned from in the past? When you're up, when you're down, when you're this, when you're that. This is the landscape of Division One Lacrosse. And unfortunately, Ted, uh, you know, we're working hard. And I hope that with these new athletic scholarships and this and that, we're getting a, a you know, a, a different brand of player in here. But who knows if we're ever going to have the best player in the country or the best players in the country. I don't know. I think our players are pretty good, but we're at, a, we're in a position where every game we play is going to be tough, man. It's just it. And we're okay with that. You know, we're okay with um, knowing that every week, you know, we can't go in there and, you know, unfortunately neither can our fans and just to anticipate a win or anticipate of this, anticipate a that. We're going to work really hard for it, man. And we've got good guys, We've got really good guys, we've got very good players that we love and trust and they're working their butts off. So, that's the biggest thing. Is your culture healthy going into the Atlantic 10 conference play? Is is your do you need wins in order to have a healthy culture? And that ain't us. You know, our culture helps us get wins. We don't need to win in order to treat each other well. We do that anyway, and that's what we work so hard on. So, I I I'm I know that when we get to this Atlantic 10 schedule, no matter what happens these next two weeks, our guys will be foaming at the mouth, their ears will be pinned back, their chins will be up, their chests will be out, and they'll be ready to play. And um, that's all that we really work for here. We're a day one team, a day to day team with a very healthy culture that we trust. And, you know, every other team in the Atlantic 10 is going to have to provide us their best in order to win. and And we're going to give them ours. And so, you know, I think that we we love the um, we love what our guys are doing daily and they know that this Atlantic 10 schedule is going to be hot. It's going to be competitive. And, um, you know, we, we are very excited for a Providence and a Syracuse game, but we can't wait to get that conference play going.
0: All right, sounds good to me. You can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you go to find your podcasts, and you can get all your athletics information at hwsathletics.com. 3 o'clock face-off, Sparks, Maryland, uh, the games, uh, both games. I'll be doing them both, Aaron's game and uh, Hobart game as well on WHWS this weekend, 105.7. Coach, uh, best of luck moving forward, and, uh, yeah, one day at a time. That's all you can do.
1: All right, brother. Thanks, Ted.